Hello and welcome to Rewatch. My name is Seth Scruggs. And I am Zachary Vaughn. And this is an episode about gangsters. Zach, when I was young, all I ever wanted to be was a gangster. I feel like that's the lyrics to a song because I knew you when you were pretty young. <laughs> it's, a, it's the opening words to Goodfellas. Oh my more gosh. Or less. Look, it's been a couple <laughs> weeks since I watched that movie for this. I was going to say the movie that we're going to talk about um, later in this podcast, but that's not what we're going to talk about first. First, first we're going to talk about Godfather, the Godfather part two, which, and that, which you had seen before. And I, and I I I don't know that I necessarily call it your pick, um, but it is something that you saw before. Correct. That's a good, that is, that is a very necessary context going into this. <laughs> this is the movie that I had already seen. Yeah. Okay. So tell us, tell us what it is, and then so, we'll jump into it. The Godfather Part Two is the smash hit sequel to The Godfather, which was directed by Francis Ford Coppola. This, The Godfather Part Two, was also directed by Francis Ford Coppola. It stars Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Robert Duvall any pretty much any gangster actor you've you can think of was in this except ray liotta um a little bit before his time a little bit before his time uh screenplay by mario mario wow mario puzo um it is the so in the godfather part one it is the rise no it is the fall of um michael corleone's morals from upstanding i will never join the mafia to becoming the head of the mafia family when his father passes away and this is the continuation of that it shows michael's um full-on commitment into the running the family um his full-on corruption and his father's beginnings from a boy to uh his father's first murder in the new country coming over from italia Mm -hmm. i am not italian i will just say italy (laughs) um but yeah this is uh a much slower pace compared to the first one um mm-hmm. a lot more introspective than uh shoot 'em up than the previous one. Seth, uh having never seen this one but seen The Godfather, uh what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean I feel like there's no way to talk about Godfather Part 2 without talking about it within the context of Godfather Part 1. Um which we'd both seen. Did you rewatch Godfather for this? No, although that would have made it a more enjoyable experience. Yeah, I did. I did Godfather, Godfather Part Two, and Goodfellas like on consecutive nights. So I spent a Ooh. lot of time in the old... dirty, dirty underworld. Um, yeah, you spent. But yeah, old... so yeah. all that yeah. to say, I feel like I feel like a little bit we're gonna basically be reviewing godfather and godfather part two in this conversation just because i feel like they're so interconnected Mm -hmm. i 
I definitely enjoyed part one more than part two. That said, I like, like you, I think, I think you, you kind of hit a really good point in saying that Godfather part two is much more introspective than part one is. And it's, it's definitely, I don't know if it's slower paced. I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that. It's slower paced, but it's definitely more internal as opposed to a lot of what happens in part one, which is very much like out in the world doing stuff, shooting them up, banging them up mm-hmm. as opposed to kind of reeling from the, what happened in the first one, which is kind of what's happening in this second one. Um, where a few years later, I think five, five or six years later or something like that, at the beginning of the movie, and then it covers a good bit of time. Um, really seeing what happened, what what this lifestyle does to people who are in it. Um, you know, something that I thought was interesting. Like, I was thinking about it, and like. In within the context of the movie that we're going to talk about next, Goodfellas, like Godfather, there's some distinctive visual styles to it, but it's not flashy. Um, I don't know that Francis Ford Coppola is one of those people that like you see the movie and you're like, oh, that's a Coppola movie. Um, in the same way that you watch a Scorsese movie, you kind of know, like you know the rhythms, you know what's happening. Mm-hmm. He's got certain characteristics. Coppola doesn't really have that. Yeah, and so it it makes it I think a little bit more difficult to watch a movie like this. Um, but at the same time, like it's so it is much slower. It's much more reserved than something like Goodfellas, which which I think makes it interesting that it's such a celebrated gangster film. Is so many gangster films you think of energy and excitement and Godfather part two is the one that everyone points to is like one of the greatest movies ever made. Mm-hmm. And it's really not exciting at any points. You could have stopped before adding exciting. <laughs> um, you don't think it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Is what you're saying. Correct. <laughs> so, it, this is much more, there's a lot more politics in this movie, both the governmental kind, but also like the internal workings of the mob. There's a lot, there's a lot of dialogue. There was not a lot of dialogue in the first movie. Mm-mm. There's a lot of long drawn out dialogue scenes and I love a good long drawn out dialogue scene. Don't get me wrong. But... <laughs> Here, I don't think it works as well. Yeah. So yeah. tell me, like, on this rewatch, did you did you feel like you liked it more? No. <laughs> and um, why not? I, I think it's... there. I, I see pros and cons to a movie diverging from 
the feel of the previous like uh of a sequel diverging from the 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 i guess the feel of the previous um and you have it like uh empire strikes back as the sequel to star wars was much grittier and darker and like blew it out of the water right right this it's it's much more internal which i think it's 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 hmm. <laughs> internal is good. Yes. It felt to me like a dramatic downshift from how shoot 'em up Godfather part one was. That makes sense. I, I think that it did not need to be almost half an hour longer than the first one. Mm hmm. I think it could have kept on pace with the first one and still would have been like maybe still too long, but would have been fine. Yeah. And I think that trimming, like it, it felt like there's a little bit and like to put on the film history hat as the film history half of this podcast, what was going on in the seventies and Coppola was central to this was increasingly these young new directors were being given massive budgets massive amounts of time and basically told that they could do whatever they could do whatever they want mm -hmm. um it's called the the new hollywood if you're familiar with that um and over time, as these executive, these aging executives wanted to get in good with the youth, because the youth were the ones going to see movies, Francis Ford Coppola was one of those people able to speak to the youth, in in whatever sense he had the sensibility that like people wanted to see his movies, right? And he kept making good movies, um, and people kept coming to see them. In 1974, he had two movies up for Best Picture, that both that he produced and directed. So, so that's kind of where he's at in his career. Let me hold on. Let me double check that. But I'm looking what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, he had two. On. sorry yeah he had two movies up for best picture in the same year that's where francis Ford coppola is in his career at this point everyone wants to give him money to make a movie and because of that he's not really going to be told that he's wrong and ultimately that becomes his downfall with the dumpster fire of shooting that was apocalypse now no matter how good apocalypse now is which i think we both agree that it's it's good yes yes um we talked about it on this podcast before it's very good but the reason that the the downfall happened is because of the making of that movie and it's 
basically Francis Ford Coppola's fault. All that to say, this feels a little bit like he's already getting into that territory of being a little too self-indulgent, mm-hmm. which is something which, again, is part of why his career really took a downturn. Um, you know, Apocalypse Now is very, very good, but it is very self-indulgent, and it was just much more obvious when you take an entire career to the Philippines to shoot this movie as opposed to shooting in the States and mm-hmm. uh, on a little bit more of a low-stakes story. All that to say, I it feels very self-indulgent to me watching yeah. it. I think it's I, very, I think it's good. Like Francis yeah. Ford still knows how to make a good movie, but it lacks. The first movie was very well paced. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just, I really noticed that rewatching it where I was like, man, yeah, it's long, but it, I'm not like looking at my watch mm-hmm. because even though it's long and there's a lot happening and there's a lot of characters and all this stuff, it never feels like it's taking too long to get to any point. Yeah. I think, I think what this feels like it lacks that the other one didn't was stakes. Hmm. Because in the first one, you're like, Oh man, this guy is an innocent, like he, he's a good man. Right. In a crime family. So he's either going to get killed or end up betraying his morals. Mm-hmm. And he ends up betraying his morals. And so you're like, wow. And then it ends up with a million people getting shot. <laughs> and then this. And one of the most glorious films or scenes in film history. Mm-hmm. Um, And then it goes to this. And it's. It's political drama. Right. Like like you said. And I think that's I think that's what does it for me. Or I guess what doesn't do it for me. Um as like when I watch a gangster movie, I'm not I don't want political drama. And when I want political drama, I'm gonna watch something written by Aaron Sorkin, <laughs> not anything related to Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. And because I... Aaron Aaron Sorkin does a good job at making boring conversations interesting. Right. And I'm someone like I like slow burn political dramas. I like quiet introspective movies as we'll talk about next week. I like that stuff. So for me, where this one fell was not necessarily all of that though, though there is an element of that, you know, just expectation wise. But for me, where this fell was the pacing where it just really felt like it needed to move quicker and get through quicker. Mm-hmm. And I think to your point about stakes, that's a really good point where part one is a lot about the fall, like his moral fall. And part two, he, from that point of view, he doesn't really have anything to lose. Yeah. You know, like he's lost it all already. He's and lost it all. He's at the top of a an organization that's been going for so long. They know how to make sure he doesn't get arrested. He doesn't get shot. Right. Like, and there's he, a there's a little bit of success with 
trying to raise those stakes, you know, going after his family, leaving yeah, his family, those nobody kinds of gets things. shot. Right. Like, if the, felt- nobody succeeds. So it's like, okay, well, that there's no. Right. It didn't it didn't raise it enough for me. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I really like the scenes with Vito. Young, old, whatever. Like, I I really liked the beast story of this movie. Right. Um, because it was interesting. And also because I feel like it wasn't sh- like there. It felt like the rest of it was dragging. And so I it was a fresh pace break. Did did you feel like that belonged here? I know that it's like absolutely heresy to like talk about things that do or don't belong in the Godfather. But like if they I've already said that I don't like the Godfather part two or thing and that I don't think it's very good. So I've already like I'm already going to fil- to cinema hell. Like <laughs> I'm why not? In for a penny and for a pound. Um, do you th- do you think that subplot belongs here? I would have preferred more of it. Yeah. I it doesn't quite make sense. Like it 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 is kind of a um uh, a discordance with the rest of it. Here here's my philosophy on those kinds of things. I feel like if you're going to include some sort of B story flashback, specifically a flashback, and you're going to be telling two stories concurrently that happen in two different time periods, especially if they're related to the same people, then something in the flashback needs to be informing something that's happening in the like quote unquote present Mm -hmm. of the story. And so from that perspective, I almost feel like the veto origin story subplot belongs more in the first one. I agree, but disagree. Okay. Um, I think it makes much more sense because it is a very, it's a much closer, it's a much similar story. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much, uh, cause I mean, it's, it's until they get their first kill basically. Um, but because of how, because of how similar they are, I think it would have detracted from the Godfather. Um, oh, it wow. would have it would have made it I feel like it would have it would have come across as uh almost cheesy where it's like oh look he's doing this just like his father did instead of that um instead oh, of wow. so focusing I, I had on a, the story. I had a totally different perspective of that, which was that to to me it's it wouldn't make it cheesy it would actually emphasize the point of um 
the like inevitability. inevitability. The in- did we just say that at the same time? We did. Excellent. Uh, it would it would emphasize the inevitability of Michael going down that path. Is is my is what I would see in that, which is. I can see that. I think maybe in the seventies when this came out, that would have worked. Yeah. I think now we have so much parallelism in mm-hmm. in subsequent films and modern films that I think now looking back, it would have come off as, oh, wow. If done poorly. I think if done the right way, it absolutely could have led to that inevitability. Yeah. Um, and also, I agree that it doesn't, really fit in part two and because i don't I'm, know where else to put it because i'm I with pull you it from part two i'm with you in that like yeah i i agree i think that it's really good i think i mean robert de niro's phenomenal he he's great everything that's happening is great i mean it's not great but <laughs> coming from the point of view of a film it is quite good but I, it just doesn't feel like I'm, it's adding very much to my experience of watching the movie is, is how I feel about it. To me, it adds enjoyment <laughs> to in the a, Godfather a, part two in, in an otherwise, otherwise very, not happening. Yeah. It adds yeah. 45 minutes of, 45 minutes of enjoyment in a three and a half hour boring film. Yeah. Yeah. I, there were a lot of, little bits that I liked that I would have liked to see more of. You know, I love I loved the trial scenes. I would have loved for those to be expounded on. Lee Strasberg was phenomenal in his role. It just felt like th- it felt like there were a lot of pieces being thrown around that didn't quite connect for me. Mm-hmm. but I'm just a humble guy on the internet <laughs> with my opinion. Your opinion is far more humble than mine is. <laughs> Which is that the Godfather part two is just not good, right? Just, uh, just to reiterate. Correct. Yes. Okay. I, so I think it can be, dis- it can be expressed most succinctly by my very first review of The Godfather Part 2 on Letterboxd, which was, do I disagree with everybody? And then I think my follow-up review was, uh, yes, I act- I think I do disagree with everybody. Did... Um, trying to find the right words. Did it grow in your estimation... In this time? This time seeing it? In my estimation. Like like did you did you like it any more this time? Or is it was it worse? About the uh, same? Like what how did how did your perspective on it change? I think I appreciated the Robert De Niro scenes more and appreciated the rest of it a whole lot less. Okay. Well, why don't we take a quick break? 
and then we'll talk about Goodfellas. Let's do that. Okay, Zach, we're back. And we're going to talk about Goodfellas, the 1990 biographical crime film directed by Martin Scorsese. It is about, oh, what's his name? Henry Hill. Henry Hill, who um, is a young man who gets involved with the mafia. And essentially, it's just the story of him absolutely destroying his life um, in the mafia through murder and ultimately drugs and uh, ending up in the witness protection program because he does ultimately turn on the mafia. So this movie stars Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, basically, you know, a bunch of Martin Scorsese's favorite people. Um, Yeah. So I, we have not spoken about this. Mm -mm. Have we? No, I don't think so. So uh, maybe briefly about some of the acting, but some of the, yeah, you mentioned the acting, but other, other than that, like, give me your f- impressions on this movie. I didn't even see your review. So I want to, I want to hear what you think. Um, of so I think it's better than the Godfather part two. Well, that was a given. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, I mean, it, I have seen plenty of movies that I dislike more than the Godfather part two, uh, even this year, but this part is not about the Godfather party. This is about Goodfellas. Um, I thought it was, it's a Scorsese movie. I had a big, I had a big setup that I didn't actually know what I was going to say. (laughs) It's a Scorsese movie. If you like Scorsese movies, this is going to be awesome. If you don't, it's going to be a Scorsese movie. Do you, and do you like Scorsese movies? I don't I know don't. that I know the answer to this question. You don't. I don't. This is okay. two or three that I've seen. Yeah. Um, I'm, I may have seen a little bit more, but because I went on a little bit of a Scorsese tear in college, but I'm with you. What, what is it about? Right, I've seen six Scorsese's. Okay. So I'm going to take a roundabout trip back to Goodfellas. Okay. What is it about Scorsese movies that you feel like just doesn't click with you? I think, well, two, two of them were gangster movies, which I think that doesn't connect with me specifically. Um, taxi driver it it's very they're very cynical for the most part and um pretty aggressive in the acting styles um not necessarily like characters act aggressively but like the acting style is pretty much aggressive and everything Mm. i say right now I want to clarify does not apply to silence. Silence is beautiful. I loved silence. Um, but there, everything is so aggressive about them. Um, 
which makes them interesting to watch. But like, it just, it's like, I, it's, it's very in your face with everything. Um, and it, 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 it irritates me, I guess. Um, yeah. Like, no, I, I, like, I feel I like he can, he can calm down a little bit more than he does. <laughs> um, and yeah, so like Irishman, gosh, is an, a conversation all on its own. <laughs> um, it's yeah that's it's its own <laughs> if we want to talk about that someday but um shutter island shutter island was good um very confusing but also pretty good um yeah i yeah, haven't so- I, I haven't seen a huge variety of scorsese movies like i've seen taxi driver shutter island the Irishman, Hugo, Silence, and Goodfellas. So it's really not a great range of his that I've seen, but what I've seen had like aggressive in your face acting, even when people weren't acting aggressively and generally left me not super entertained or even thinking. Right. So that's, that's what I wanted to to get to that. Like, that's what I was wondering if that's, I was kind of wondering if that's where you were going with that. Mm -hmm. I, I tend to like the style of his movies. I, I enjoy the ride of the movies. I think it's very clear. Like Martin Scorsese is, he knows how to make a movie in that he knows how to move the camera incredibly well. He knows how to bring out what he wants in actors. And yes, most of the time it's that very aggressive thing that you're talking about, but it's a very specific thing that Martin Scorsese says he pulls out of his actors in his movies. He mm-hmm. edits really well. He uses music really well, but I'm with you in that. Like, I don't know what Martin Scorsese wants me to walk away from his movies with, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you take something like Goodfellas and Raging Bull. Um, both are biograph, you know, biopics kind of, and both of them end on kind of depressing notes you know, I, I think, and which is true really for a lot of Scorsese movies. Mm-hmm. He is obviously fascinated with gangsters and wants to, you know, see what's going on in the gangsters' heads. Obviously, he's fascinated with New York because he grew up there. Like, there's certain... And Robert De Niro. And Robert De Niro, of course. I mean, look, if you could pick somebody to be your, like, cinema alter ego, it's not a bad choice. Right. But like, but what you're like, I, I think you really hit on it. Like, I, I, I'm not thinking a lot at the end of those movies of his movies for the most part. I haven't seen silence. I assume that's a little bit different, but like, 
I'm, you know, at the end of Goodfellas, I was kind of like, well, that was fun. But did I just like watch people get murdered for, you know, do cocaine for two and a half hours? Okay. I I don't know that I want to go back into that world again. Yeah. And, and for me, that's something one of the qualifications for something for me that like I want to return to is that is like, number one, is this, is there something that I can chew on, you know, and keep coming back to and feel like I'm getting something out of, I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast. You know, that's why we, that's the idea of the themes here is that as you, rewatch movies you you get more things out of them i don't feel like i get more out of scorsese movies other than like certain craft things you know if i'm prepping a film or something and i'm thinking about stylistically something i want to do i might pull from scorsese but thematically i'm not returning to his movies very much i mean goodfellas is two and a half hours of italians being loud being sensitive and then killing each other. Right. And at the end we learn like Henry didn't learn anything. Mm-hmm. He didn't change substantially. Ultimately his wife left him like all like. So he, nothing really happened. So why did we go on this journey? You know, I, you know, going back to, godfather one they're very specific moments where the character has to make very important choices that set his course you know michael finds out that his father is dead he makes a choice to go and shoot the guys that caused his father or he's not dead he's in the hospital he makes a very specific choice to kill the people who put his father in the hospital. It's a very like specific character choice that ch- changes the course of his entire character. In Goodfellas, Henry just kind of does a bunch of bad stuff, turns on the mafia, and then goes into witness protection program and keeps doing bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he gets arrested while he's in the witness protection program for drugs. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't, I don't know what Martin Scorsese is trying to say. Yeah. You know, even zooming out and looking at his whole career, zooming in on Goodfellas, like, I don't know what he's trying to say with the movie. Yes, it's cool. It looks great. I disagree. I kind of like the acting style. I think that it really fits the filmmaking style here. I think it fits this film. I just don't like that's one of the things gotcha. that makes me not oh, okay. like Scorsese. Like, right. Italians, this is a stereotype based on Italian, based on mafia movies. <laughs> Italians are loud and in your face. Right. Right. At least these these are so like it fit it fit with this movie but it is one of those things about the movie that i didn't appreciate 
Right. And I want to, I want to cover my backside a little bit on this because I know that someone's going to, if someone were to hear this, they'd be like, well, you just, you kids just don't get it. You just don't get it. And maybe I don't. And I, I feel like I felt watching Goodfellas kind of like I felt watching Pulp Fiction, which I think I've talked about before. We're like, I, I get it. It was really exciting when this happened for the first time. But I've seen it done so many times and not necessarily done better. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Martin Scorsese is one of the best in his craft. I, I can't can't make make the argument that he isn't. But he, I've seen it done. I've seen this kind of thing done. And it doesn't make it, it's less exciting and less sexy to me now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, after watching a lot of Martin, Martin Scorsese movies, I, I get tired of just watching like people end up sad and dead or you know not learning from and growing from their mistakes and not knowing what i'm supposed to walk away with with those characters i mean there's there is a difference between an aristotelian tragedy and comedy right so like like a a comedy being one where people go from flaw into strength and -hmm. tragedy being going from strength into flaw but here's the thing the Godfather clearly is a tragedy because it takes a guy from an upstanding citizen to the leader of the mafia. This guy falls early on and doesn't get better or worse, really. Right. So, like, it, it starts at, like, 50, drops to, I don't know, 30 on the moral scale i don't know this is all arbitrary (laughs) but then it doesn't really go anywhere like yeah he does worse things in the mafia but it's 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 cultural well at that point and if the core of his thing that we're supposed to care about is his you know we're supposed to believe that he cares about his wife and his kids number one i don't no not for a second were we supposed to i don't know but if that's the thing, like if that's if that's what he's if that's what we're supposed to believe, number one, it doesn't work. Yeah. Number two, it, why? <laughs> like, I think he's she tries to shoot him. Yeah, I think and, the point of I think his motivation is to look cool. Right. Which isn't relate i mean honestly it's not relatable to me in any way like a lot of movies have relatability in their niche because you can find yourself in how specific it is this one is about a guy who's doing all this stuff to be cool to be accepted and i'm like i don't relate with this because this is a really this is a lot of dumb stuff to do to be accepted and to to be clear like i don't think that every movie has to have a happy ending I, we're gonna talk about two movies next week that do not have happy endings that i liked quite a bit you didn't but that's another that's <laughs> for next week but 
the these movies just like or this movie goodfellas it just doesn't it doesn't work for me like it's just people being scumbags for two and a half hours and then the movie ends and fake scumbags like obviously they're all scumbags but like they're also like fake like one of the things that made me uncomfortable is how i'm i'm guessing this is an acting choice and not just poor performance like acting directing choice but like nobody's laugh is genuine at all right and like surely surely somebody in this would have a genuine laugh well that actually i think fits thematically with what's happening in what you were saying with like trying to be cool trying to to stay you know be in that kind of thing where you're trying to schmooze all these people yeah but it's incredibly annoying even the highest ups even the highest ups like the people who didn't have anybody to impress right like the people who didn't have anybody to impress still had these awkward laughs that i'm like why 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 is this a choice why is this the choice that you're making right right yeah well this is gonna be a shorter episode but i yeah. i think we've said all we, we i'll have say to this say. i'll say this oh you want to say one more thing young henry was fantastic i loved honestly i loved every second of this until it time skipped back to ray liotta (laughs) i was fine with the opening i was fine with the opening it was a dramatic opening a little bit of a cliche starting in the action jumping back to where there isn't action and then building back to it right right but i'll i'll ignore that because this came out a little bit before that was super trite this is one of the reasons that it is. Yeah. But like Young Henry, oh, great performance. I enjoyed it until we got to Ray. Fair. I didn't think Ray Liotta's performance was as good as, um, shoot, I looked him up. Uh, Christopher Cerrone. Yeah. Okay. Bold, just bold takes in this episode, Zach. You got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. <laughs> and with that, why don't we close? Please. You've been listening to Rewatch, show about movies we love, movies we haven't seen yet. I'm Seth. You can find me online at Seth Scruggs on Instagram and Letterboxd. Zach, where can people I, find you? I am uh, on Letterboxd as Zachary Vaughn and Instagram as Zachary is thinking, and I'm probably going to be canceled by the cinema community soon. <laughs> and uh, you can find us anytime you want. Um, Mark spots the X productions on Instagram and YouTube. We just put out a short film not too long ago. So you can go we check did. that out. We're really, really proud of it. We hope you go watch it. All right. Watch Zach, it I'll- and then tear it apart in the comments. Like I tear it apart. Goodfellas and the Godfather part two. Because that still gives us interactions. Anything for the content. All right, Zach, I'll see you next week. See ya.